You can dismiss this as the paranoid ramblings of a senile old Yankee, but I'm writing to you today with a warning. It's not a winter storm like they said it was. I awoke last Tuesday at 7.30 a.m. to the sounds of my alarm clock radio. It's always set to a local station. I just about lost my patience for national news a couple of years back. Maybe it's something about getting old, but my world started to shrink when I hit 50, and I let it. I've never been one to lend an ear to world affairs, or any affairs outside my home state of Massachusetts, for that matter. I lived a quiet life as a fisherman at the docks in my town, spending weeks at a time out at sea every year. All around, I've spent every calendar day at sea at some point in my life, even Christmas. I've seen storms so fearsome that the pounding rain turned to bitter snow in front of my eyes, a rarity at sea. I've felt waves so large that they keep me awake, even now, twenty-odd years later. Right as I'm on the precipice of sleep, they threaten to pull me back to consciousness, just as they almost pulled me back out to sea. Forgive an old man and his ramblings, but all of this to say that I thought I knew what to expect when I heard the radio newscaster say, Batten down, folks. Another winter storm coming later this week. As I wiped the sleep from my eyes, I half listened to the newswoman's lengthy list of preparation tips before smacking the off button and swinging my legs over the side of the bed, joints and floorboards creaking in unison. That was eight days ago. Every day leading up to the storm, I've woken to broadcasts about its effects, and every day the messaging has become less and less clear. Wednesday, it was the winter storm Riley will cause even more damage than last week's storm. Thursday, it was, Cancel all your plans for Friday and Saturday, folks. The state advises all residents to stay in their homes until after the storm. Friday morning, I woke up with a jolt to the grating beeps of the statewide emergency alert system. I turned on my TV, which can usually be relied on to get at least a few channels. Not Friday. Friday, every screen was blank, except for a red banner at the bottom with the words, State of emergency declared for coastal region of southern Massachusetts. Do not attempt to flee your homes. Moving across repeatedly, all the while accompanied by that same grating three-beep cycle. My stomach fluttered with uneasiness as I read the message a second time and fully grasped the choice of words. Flee? Why would a whole town flee at the thought of some wind and snow? We're nor'easters ourselves, after all. I put my robe on and made my way down the stairs to my back door, 
expecting the fearsome gales and pelting snow that I had come to expect from a life at sea. Instead, I opened the door to an eerie, permeating quiet. The coastline cacophony that served as the constant background for my life here, the screaming of gulls and crashing of waves and howling of wind, was utterly gone, and in its place was a silence so complete that it caused the back of my neck to prickle with a deep and foreboding sense of wrong. The sky was devoid of the heavy, foreboding gray clouds that the newscasters had promised, instead featuring a consistent blanket of greenish-gray fog above the sea. I hurriedly closed the door, amplifying the distant sound of the three blaring beeps from my TV upstairs. I put a kettle of water on the stove before heading upstairs to get dressed, the uneasiness in my gut turning into an incessant gnawing as I turned to switch off the TV. The emergency alert at the bottom of the screen had changed to read, Do not leave your home. 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 Underneath my feet, the kettle began to shriek as the beeping of the television reached a heightened pitch. Do not leave your home. 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 Do not leave... The television screen turned black with a pop, shutting down in coordination with my lights. A few seconds later, a sound with twice the force of a foghorn blast and the same thunderous intensity as a train blasting past roared over my head from the sea towards the mainland. A flash of green lit up the dim sky, for a second illuminating the utter stillness from before. I waited in my house for thirty-eight minutes before the noise and rumbling came thundering past from the town back towards the sea. That was five days ago. The power came back on as soon as the noise was gone, as did the howl of the wind and crashing of the waves. But it's what happened during those thirty-eight minutes that caused the gnawing in my gut to persist. They're saying the power outages were caused by heavy winds, but I don't buy it. I saw photos of the storm online, complete with heavy snow and wind-battered houses. That might be from some other town, but it sure as hell isn't from mine. We have no coastal flooding, no infrastructural damages, and no houses blown out to sea. What we have is thousands and thousands of dead birds. We have water that tastes like copper. We have bloated fish carcasses washing up on our beaches. I'm writing this today as a warning. I don't know what the hell happened last week, but I'm sure as hell it isn't what they said it was going to be. If you're in the Northeast, take special care. And if they tell you not to leave your homes, you do well to listen. I'm telling you this today as a warning, because today I woke up at 7.30 a.m. 
to the words. Winter Storm Quinn, set to break later this afternoon. Expected to cause even more damage than Riley. Generally dry day on Wednesday with sunny periods. However, there may be more cloud in the southeast where it will be breezier. After a chilly start, it will be mostly dry on Thursday with some sunny spells. However, it may be rather cloudy in the southeast. Patchy rain will arrive in the north later. think I'm crazy, but part of me is hoping I am. I'm almost afraid to post this, for fear of finding out it's happening in other places. I know if I try telling people offline, they will think I'm crazy, and that won't help anyone. People never think about all the snow they bring with them, into their cars, office, home, everywhere. Why would they? It's just snow after all. Once inside, it only takes minutes for remaining snow stuck to your jacket and boots to melt. It's just a normal part of winter. I know I never really thought about it. At least, not until yesterday. It started snowing here in Portland, Maine on Wednesday. I know other parts had been dealing with rough winter weather, but this was our first storm of the season. It wasn't even a bad storm. A bunch of us left the office early, but that was probably more due to work being slow. The snow was just an excuse to leave early. My girlfriend and I work at the same company, so I went home with her. It wasn't snowing that hard but there was a decent amount of accumulation. We brushed the snow off the car windows and headed home. Once home, we had snow on our gloves, jackets, and hats, again like any other winter storm. It was an uneventful night. She had some baking to do to prepare for Thanksgiving, and I had some Dragon Age to play. We had to get up early the next morning, We were spending Thanksgiving separately with our families, so she was going to drop me off at my parents, then head to Manchester to hers. She was going to come back on Friday. It must have been because I was tired that I chose to ignore the first signs that something was off. There was some snow on the windowsill, just a little bit, so I figured she must have opened the window briefly when I was in the bedroom. Then there was our jackets, which still retained last night's snow. There also seemed to be more of it, if only just by a little bit, than from what I remembered last night. She didn't seem to notice, and I was still waking up and too tired to care. She grabbed her jacket, and I saw some snow fall to the ground. I grabbed my other jacket, since the one I wore the previous day was more for riding my bike at night. 
I kissed her goodbye when we got to my parents, and she left on her way to Manchester. I really hope that wasn't our last kiss. Thanksgiving was nice, but pretty much the same as the last few years. Ours consists of breakfast, parade, dog show, movie, then dinner. Boring, but nice. My girlfriend texted me shortly after she got to her parents, saying their power was out. It was out in many places, both in Maine and New Hampshire. That night, my sister dropped me off back home. What greeted me when I opened the apartment door was shocking, to say the least. Snow everywhere. There was at least a foot covering everything. Snow tumbled into the hallway when the door opened. It was rarely cold, too. Colder than it was outside. I could see that the kitchen window was broken. A tree must have fallen, or a large branch, breaking the window, letting in the elements. Still, it seemed like entirely too much snow, considering it was only snowing through the morning and not that hard. The shards of glass that still remained in the window didn't look right either. They were white, covered in thick frost. I got my landlord. He lives in the same building. He was more shocked than I was. He said that he was here all day and didn't hear anything break. No trees, no branches, or windows. He insisted that he would take care of it and that he would cover any hotel costs until they cleared it out and fixed the window. He must have felt guilty about not noticing all day, since he wouldn't accept my help and said that he would have someone come and help him. I was tired and worn out, so I didn't object. I called my sister to have her come pick me up again, so I could stay at my parents. I tried calling my girlfriend to give her the bad news, but it went straight to voicemail. She had forgotten to charge her phone the night before, so it must have died, and she hadn't been able to charge it yet. I wish I still thought that was the case. I couldn't shake the image of our apartment covered in snow. It didn't seem natural. That was when I remembered about the snow on our jackets. There was also snow on our gloves when we got home. Wouldn't that have melted, though? It's not a long drive, but with the heat on in the car, it doesn't matter now. I went to work this morning, tired from lack of sleep. Strangely, not a lot of people showed up. I know that's not abnormal for the Friday after Thanksgiving, but I mean, people who were planning to come to work today didn't show up, and we were all having trouble reaching them. Fear was really starting to set in, but I didn't know exactly the cause. Why hadn't my girlfriend called me yet? That was running through my mind a lot this morning. One of my co-workers, who I consider a friend, was one of the ones who didn't show up. 
I figured if I drove over, I would find he was just running late for some dumb reason, and my fears would go away. He'd probably think it's weird that I was checking up on him, but it didn't matter. I needed to do this. As soon as I saw his house, I knew my fears were justified, and panic started to creep in. Some of his windows were broken, the others completely white. I almost turned the car around right then, but I slowly pulled into his driveway. I wanted to make sure he was okay. Maybe he wasn't home, like I was. No, there was his car still there. He must have still been inside. He's still there, sitting on his couch, his frozen gaze looking at the broken window. Snow everywhere, everything cold. That's what I saw when I went inside. I can hardly say it, but it was the most frightening thing I will ever see. His eyes were frozen white, any visible skin was an unsettling shade of blue, and his arm had fallen off and shattered into hundreds of pieces. It happens fast, I know that now. I think it grows slowly, so it needs to let more inside before it can... I don't know. Maybe that's how it... feeds. I'm at my parents now. I didn't tell them what I saw. How could I, when I don't know what I saw? They asked why I was brushing and sweeping all the snow out of the house. I asked them to not go outside. That was a mistake. We should have left, all left. I forgot to check the shoe closet. Five minutes ago, while I was typing this, I heard the windows break downstairs. It's starting to get cold. sitting in my apartment living room right now, having a quick supper of chicken strips and coffee, trying to reconcile my thoughts on the last week or so. And it isn't easy. I figure I should get this down in case I don't get another chance. I'm not really sure where to start. The weather in maritime provinces has been absolute crap the last few weeks and I hear it's been pretty much the same over all the Northeast. Since that first big storm in January, we've had nearly two meters of snowfall here, and it seems every other day everything's closed. The roads are pure ice, the sidewalks are gone, and standing in the middle of the street, you can't see over the drifts on either side. They've recently begun dumping snow in the harbor, for lack of anywhere else to put it. So where do I really begin? 
I suppose I'll start with some details on my life. I live in a small city that's really just a large town in Atlantic Canada, where I go to a community college, reaching for the stars here, and have recently leased my first ever apartment. It's a pretty okay place, consisting of an old three-story home converted into six single-bedroom apartments. The apartments aren't very big, and the old buildings kind of run down, but I've got my own kitchen and bath, and the rent's manageable. Most importantly, I live on my own, in an apartment on the second story. Things had been going pretty well here, until this winter. I was doing well in school, my part-time job was fulfilling, and despite my property manager's conspiratorial joke that there might be a few ghosts about the old place, the apartment had been working out well for me. Some of the doors stick, and the heating's a little iffy at times, but the only real problem I've encountered is that some of the storm windows are cracked, and the inner pane on one window is loose, so when it's windy, it has a tendency to rattle, and the wind whistles around the frame. So, when winter storm Juno hit, I was awakened in the middle of the night to the sound of the wind absolutely shrieking around the window in my living room. I looked over at my alarm clock, and it took me a moment to realize the power was out. So I checked my phone, and saw it was around four in the morning. Sighing in disgust, but at least taking solace in the fact that I probably wouldn't have class in the morning, I switched on the light on my phone, and rolled out of bed to see what I could do about the ungodly noise coming from the next room. The first thing that struck me when my feet hit the hardwood floor was how cold it had gotten in the night, and I quickly shifted on the slippers beside my bed as I headed over and unlatched the bedroom door. When I pulled the door open, I was greeted with a cool breeze and a sound like someone physically assaulting the loose window across the room, along with a small but dismaying pile of snow accumulating on the floor. Muttering a curse on the injustice of nature, I fetched a towel to clean up the snow and then set about ending the wretched racket the loose window was making, finally managing to stop its rattling by wedging a few cardboard adverts that had arrived in the mail earlier in the week into the space between the glass and its frame. Satisfied that the noise level had dropped to little more than a pitiful whistling, I was turning to go back to bed when my eye caught something moving in the yard below. Straining to see the storm, I could vaguely make out a pale figure walking past the building, trudging along as if it wasn't knee-deep in snow and negative forty outside with the wind chill. Between the darkness and blowing snow, I couldn't make out any details of the figure, so after watching it for a few more minutes, I shook my head at the crazy person walking in the blizzard and headed to bed. Apart from a persistent feeling of uneasiness, nothing else happened until Monday's blizzard, when again I woke with a start 
in the early hours of the morning. Apart from the wind howling outside, everything else was completely silent. A glance at my clock told me it was just before three, and that thankfully the power was still on. Feeling for the lamp next to my bed, I switched it on and took a look around my room, noting nothing out of the ordinary, until I happened to peer out of the window. There across the street, standing in the swirling snow under a street lamp, was a woman. Her face was obscured by what looked like some sort of mask, but other than that, she wore next to nothing, only some rags on her upper and lower body, which might have once been clothes. She was rail thin, and her skin was the palest of anyone I had ever seen. Her head was angled up, and I knew she was looking directly at me. For a moment, nothing happened as we stared at one another, her in the middle of a blizzard, and me frozen, where I sat in sudden and inexplicable fear. Then I began to hear a voice calling my name across the distance. At first I didn't recognize the voice, and it seemed to have a raspy quality, as if the speaker wasn't used to vocalization. But then it began to sound familiar, becoming the voice of a childhood friend, my mother, a girl I had dated briefly in high school. Every time the voice spoke, it changed, becoming someone else I had known well at one point or another. I sat transfixed, just listening to the call for some time until eventually I was startled into alertness by a sudden shriek. Whether from the wind or the creature outside, I can't say. Released from my terror, I saw the woman had progressed across the street, and in a frenzy I bolted from my bed, scrambling through the door in the living room and slamming it behind me. After ducking into the kitchen to make sure my apartment door was locked, I flicked on all the lights and fell upon my couch to browse Reddit until the sun came up. Anything to take my mind off what had just happened. I must have dozed off, though, because a few hours later, I was once more awakened to the sound of wind screaming and glass rattling back and forth. Figuring the cardboard had slipped out of the window frame, I sat up to fix it, and froze when I saw the source of the noise. Clinging just outside the window, staring in at me, was the woman tapping on the glass and screaming. From this distance, I could now make out every detail of her appearance. Her pale, frostbitten skin stretched over her bones like leather on a wooden frame. Her hands were blackened from the cold, and her nails were gruesomely long and sharp-looking. Her limp, dark hair and the ragged remains of her clothes reminded me of something I had seen in the news a few weeks ago about a girl who had gone missing in the big storm. Worst of all, though, was what I had previously mistaken for a mask, 
as she wore the front of what looked like a carved-out human skull on her face, painted with the lines of a red substance I didn't want to acknowledge as probably being blood. From the sockets of the skull, bright blue eyes peered out, focused intently on me. When she saw that she finally had my attention, her screaming ceased, and it looked like she smiled, though it was difficult to tell behind the perpetual grimace of the skull. She began to talk to me then, in voices, just like she'd called to me earlier. And though I hate to admit it, I talked back. I can't repeat what was said. Most of it I don't remember. The rest I don't want to remember. Can't bring myself to even type it out. At the end of our conversation, she pulled away the cracked storm window and lifted the inner pane, strong enough to easily splinter the wood as the metal latch tried to hold it closed. Snow poured in around her as she climbed through the window. I tried to get off the couch and flee as she approached, but none of my muscles responded, and I was left frozen and helpless to watch as one frost-bitten foot and then the other carried her closer to where I sat in shock. Come with us into the cold, she said in her rasping, half-growl of a voice, reaching out with sharp, black hands. The last thing I remember before I blacked out was her thumb pressing against my forehead and her ice-blue eyes looking through me. It's been three days since then. I awoke Monday afternoon to an apartment that was cold, but otherwise the same. The window was closed, though the wood over the latch was still splintered, the storm pane still broken. Feeling something tacky in my hair, I reached up to find a line of blood on my forehead, trailing from a small puncture just below the hairline. After that, I searched the apartment over, contacted my property manager about a window that had broken during the storm, and tried to get on with my life. Today, I awoke later than usual. It was late afternoon when I got out of bed, but luckily everything was still shut down from Monday's storm, and it's starting to squall again, already a, a near whiteout. I've just realized I forgot to cook the chicken I've been eating. I've finished half of it, and as I type this, I'm taking another bite. It's getting dark out, and this is the last of my storm food. Maybe I should go find some more. I'm starving. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.